Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Is the war over yet? No. No, no, no. Oh, God. Look, everyone's getting everything wrong. We only know a slight sliver about what's happening over there. A slight, minuscule sliver. You're not going to learn from television. You're not going to learn from the Internet. It is, gosh, so complex. This stuff goes way, way, way back. But I heard something that's very, very brilliant. War usually is a miscalculation. It's based upon assumptions that don't pan out. Things that you believe to be true or want to be true. Things that you believe to be true or want to be true. Well, so much of what Putin assumed is turning out not to be true. He assumed the Ukrainians were weak and they couldn't and wouldn't fight. That was a big, big, big miscalculation. And Putin, like a lot of people in life uh, who have power, we're not not exactly surrounded by people who will tell them what's really going on. And that's true in the private sector. That's true um, in the military. That's true in government. That's true everywhere. How many times, be honest, have you gone in and tell the boss exactly what's going on? Hmm? How, how many times has that happened? Not often, right? So uh, let's see. What else? He assumed that Zelensky was weak and incompetent. Uh, he wasn't entirely wrong. At the time, okay? I know Zelensky is an ultra hero now, and he has performed magnificently in terms of uh, leadership and waving the flag and being everywhere, showing endurance and stamina and bravery. That's all great, and that's true. The thing is, nothing in Zelensky's background would have suggested as much. Nobody knew he had all that stuff in him. His approval rating before all this was at 25%. 25 percent. Okay, they saw him as weak, incompetent and um, kind of a goofy guy. They saw him as uh, not as anti-corruption as he promised to be. Kind of. um, Yeah. Now he's now he's he's impressing everybody. And Putin himself is surrounded by mediocre people. If you want people to tell you yes all the time, give you your way all the time. Well, surround yourself with mediocre people. Mediocre people, um, like the defense minister. <laughs> you know, the defense minister of Russia was not too long ago a construction foreman. A construction foreman. Isn't that wild? He was just a guy who uh, <laughs> he built things, and that's great. Hey, you could say Donald Trump was a construction foreman. Well, he was more than that. Um, and... One thing about Trump, he never put a uniform on and said, hey, I'm a general. Well, that's kind of what uh, this guy's doing. I'm a un- wearing a uniform. I'm a general. Uh, look at me. I know what's going on. So they're really screwed up right now. Um, want to do this. And somebody else told me something very, very smart. You got to give Putin a way out of all of this. Uh, Sun Tzu called it a... Golden Bridge. You know who Sun Tzu was? I learned about him in the military. He was this uh, Chinese war philosopher. And he said things like, um, you know, sweat more and 
peace so you don't bleed as much in battle. Ooh, that's very wise when you think about it, right? Um, let me see here. That, okay, here we go. Sun Tzu, the Chinese theorist of war, wrote that you must always build your opponent a golden bridge so that he can find a way to retreat. Can the United States and NATO help build a way for Russia to end this horrific and murderous invasion before it grows even worse? Now, I don't always, I actually made a big deal about canceling my subscription to The New Yorker, and I, I, I did, and I stand by it. I'm getting this article for free. And they're talking to this guy named Klotkin, who really knows Russia. And he says, he says this, you hit the nail on the head. That's a brilliant quote. We have some options here. One option is he shatters Ukraine. If he can't have it, nobody can. And he does to Ukraine what he did to Grozny or Syria. That would be an unbelievable, tragic outcome. That's the pathway we're on now. Even if the Ukrainians succeed in their insurgency, in their resistance, there will be countless deaths and destruction. We need a way to avoid that kind of outcome. That would mean catalyzing a process to engage Putin in discussion with, say, the president of Finland, whom he respects and knows well, or the Israeli prime minister, who has been in contact with him, less probably with the Chinese leadership, with Xi Jinping, someone to engage him in uh, the type of process where he doesn't have maximalist demands and it stalls for time, for things to happen on the ground that rearrange the picture of what he can do. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of amazing that you and I may know more about what's going on in Ukraine than Vladimir Putin, that he's being fed a line of BS from his um, generals and defense minister. That that could very well be happening. Um, Kamala did very little to uh, <laughs> ameliorate the situation. Cut nine, if you don't mind. Cut nine. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. Okay. That's nice. Uh, She seems to get it confused. Ukraine is not part of the NATO alliance. Technically speaking, it's uh, it's not. May want to be. but it's not. Yeah, she really blew it last week. She really, really blew it. There's no way. There's no way this is going to uh, last. Kamala Harris is vice president. I don't think. She, I think everybody on her staff quit. Didn't everybody quit? Uh, let's see. Here she is, just hamming and hawing every step of the way. Cut twelve, please. I am here, standing here on the northern flank, on the eastern flank, talking about. What we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies, I want to be very clear. The United States and Poland are united in what we have done and are prepared to do to help Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. Full stop. We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see, and because we've seen it or not, doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Ah. We're just limited to what we All right, stop talking and come home. (laughs) It's not helping, right? You know that. I know that. It's it's lost. Hey, Bill Barr will not give it up with this silly book of his. 
He was on uh, Meet the Press yesterday, pushing it again, all over again. Every day for the past two weeks, he's been on the mainstream media. He's been on some conservative media pushing this book. He's doing more than selling a book. He wants back in. He wants forgiveness from the swamp for ever associating with a guy like Trump. He will never get forgiveness from us, though, for writing one of these cheap books. All right. One of these ridiculous uh, Washington so-called tell-alls. No, no, that's not that's not an honorable thing to do. Okay, it really it's beneath you, Bill Barr. Hey, I'll say this too. think about Rudy Giuliani. You know, it's very interesting. There's so many people who will risk their lives for their country, but they won't risk their careers. No, sir. I saw it in the military. It's bizarre. It's kind of in a weird way complimentary. I mean, everybody has to make a mortgage. Everybody has to pay the bills. Um, and if you die in the military, then you, you know, your family's going to be taken care of. People will, people will risk their lives, but not their careers. Well, Rudy Giuliani put it all on the line. They still go after him. He can't practice law in New York City. His license was suspended, I believe, in Washington, D.C., too. The FBI raided his home, a lawyer for the president of the United States. This is Nixonian. I like Nixon, but Nixon was a man of his times, all right? And the FBI and presidents, they did all kinds of weird stuff back then. It's true. Nixon was the first one who got caught. Uh, I think there was a major overreaction. And now we are the president, and nobody cares. It's okay. That this all can happen. You know that Biden tried to call the UAE and uh, what was the other country he tried to call? Uh, UAE and uh, Bahrain, was it? And they wouldn't take his call. You know who actually lost his mind over this? Trevor Noah, of all people. Trevor, who is, uh, you know, he's a fake news darling. But even he was like, um, I, I don't you got that for me. Go ahead. Would have never happened to Donald Trump. Never. No one was ever ignoring Donald Trump's calls. Yeah, because if you ignored Donald Trump's calls, you didn't know how he would respond. Maybe he'd send an angry tweet. Or maybe he'd just, like, ban your country from everything. You don't know. That's why I bet in these situations, Biden actually wishes that he could hire Trump to step in as President Wildcard. You know, just keep everyone on their toes. Because if Trump was calling, you best believe the UAE, they'll be racing to pick up the phone. Oh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, we're here. We're here. Hello? Too late, Ahmed. You made me wait two rings. We're bombing the UAE and the UFC, just in case. That was a pretty good Trump impression by uh, by Trevor. Very good Trump impression. However, on the substance, he's totally wrong. It's true. Donald Trump is the rare president who did not start any new wars Anything new militarily, he stopped things. You know, Syria was already rage, raging when he uh, shot those rockets. Remember that? Um, hey, do we have anything from the Trump rally the other night? It was pretty good. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, do we? Let me know because I watched the whole thing. He was good. Keep in mind this. Keep in mind this. Um, when Trump talks about the election, and sometimes he'll say it was rigged, sometimes he'll say, you know what he says, well... You know, he gets kicked off of social media for that. He, they won't even put the speech on YouTube. They won't even put the speech uh, anywhere when he says things like that. 
Now, I have grave concerns about the fairness of the election. I know you do as well, right? Of course you do. Do we have you? Everybody does. Well, reasonable people do. Now, there was a time where a comedian could not say the F word without getting arrested. In my lifetime, actually, (laughs) Uh, Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bruce, the comedian, he was the first guy in like in public, you know, at a regular kind of legitimate comedy theater, start spouting the F word in public. And he made international headlines for that. He was saying the F word in public. And they would warn him and they would have a, a squad of cops waiting for him to say it. And when he said F this or F that or F you. The cops would run up on stage, throw cuffs on him, and arrest him. Obviously, we don't do that anymore. That's good. I mean, the F word. Can you be a comedian and not say the F word? It's just, it's it, it's <laughs> every other word. It's like a a conjunction, if you will. It's it's something, it's just, it's a word that's used. It's uh... So, one day we'll be able to talk freely and fairly about the election. If you were evil enough to rig the election, I think you're evil enough to work it so you can't talk about the rigged election. That's the problem I have. If you are evil enough to screw with it in the first place, you're evil enough to make it illegal to talk about it. And essentially, that's what they've done. If you get kicked off of one of these platforms and you're a content maker, you are in trouble. Financially, politically, sure, you can stand out on the street and shoot your mouth off. Why not? Everybody else is. Thanks a lot, Eric Adams. <laughs> uh, I, I keep meeting these people, and they're like, oh, he's 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 going to do a good job. He said he would in the campaign. He said law and order, right? You are so easily fooled. You were fooled by his wardrobe, and you were fooled by his big smile. You know, a cab driver I talked to today pointed it out. Whenever you asked him about... His living arrangements, his not filing taxes, other weird sweetheart deals he's gotten over the years. You know what he he does? Two things. Well, during the campaign, he just laughed. <laughs> that's not that's not true. And that and, and the media accepted that. The media just accepted it. Now we got him. And now marijuana, smoking weed, is the new pastime of America. Weed is more popular than baseball. <laughs> weed is more popular than baseball go to washington square park it's always been a little bit kooky the new york times did a big story about how all these entrepreneurs are selling their weed down there and the cops of course are going to let it happen because uh well the mayor himself has basically said yep it's a okay thanks for nothing pal be right this is the greg kelly show Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Hey, Bill Maher is still on TV. Cut thirty four. What the hell did he say this time, please? This is something DeSantis is about to sign, yeah. and I guess it's a reaction to Republicans who feel that there's too much talk in lower grades. I think it's only they're talking about kindergarten to third grade. So right. we're talking about yeah. very young kids. You know, as always with this stuff, you know, there's. Not like there's no kernel of truth in that maybe kids that young shouldn't be thinking about sex at all. I, I don't think it's 
specific. I think don't say. It's not like you're not allowed to literally not say gay. But they they just don't want teachers talking about it. They think it's the province of parents. Thank you, Bill Maher. And he's absolutely right. You look through that legislation. It is totally, totally, totally reasonable. And they're acting like they just outlawed homosexuality in Florida. They didn't. They wouldn't. They haven't. They couldn't. They just don't want some teachers getting their rocks off or their jollies talking to kids about sex change operations and gender and sex in general. First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. No, wait. It's the province of the parents. Jeez, this is not unreasonable. Not too long ago. Hell, how much sex did you talk with a teacher? You know, if I had a confusing thought about sex uh, in the fourth grade, the the last person in the world I was going to go to was Mrs. Gillespie or my math teacher. Okay, you just <laughs> there. This is a solution to something that's not a problem. Not too long ago, the conversation was, you know, sex education. You did it in high school. It was the birds and the bees and sexual health. And they showed you that movie about VD and it scared everybody. And that was it. The rest was up to you. <laughs> the rest was up to you. Who the hell wants to talk to uh, your child to talk about changing their gender with a stranger, with an adult stranger? Now, this comes easy to the Democrats. I happen to notice that Joe Biden uh, loves hanging around uh, kids. I'm sorry. It is it is creepy. I saw him in a kid's library at some literacy event, whatever. There's always some justification and there's Joe sitting around a bunch of children who are five, six years old. Now, do you want your child sitting around an adult who is not a teacher, who's some politician, especially a politician who has a reputation for groping, groping, smelling, kissing people he just met in all kinds of inappropriate ways? And he's done it in full view of the cameras. No. Keep him the hell out of there. Um we don't want that. <sighs> is it okay to mention? I think it is. I think it is. People want to handle these issues themselves. All right? Well, thank you, Bill Maher, very, very much. And Ron DeSantis, you are on fire. Cut 33. Disney CEO Bob Chapek weighing in on that Florida bill. The company has been opposed to the bill from the outset. The chance that I am going to back down from my commitment to students and back down from my commitment to parents' rights simply because of fraudulent media narratives or pressure from woke corporations, the chances of that are zero. How do they possibly explain lining their pockets with their relationship from the Communist Party of China. Because that's what they do, and they make a fortune, and they don't say a word. Our policy is going to be based on the best interest of Florida citizens, not on the musing of global corporations. Very good. Very good, Governor DeSantis. By the way, as these countries' virtues signal like crazy over... Okay, at this point, it's controversial legislation because it's been lied about. Do you know that there are, let's see here, 69 countries, 69, that have criminalized gay activity, gay sex, 69 countries throughout the world. 
Now that's per, that's uh, that's kind of wild, don't you think? And I don't hear anything about those countries. I don't hear anything about the firms that continue to do business with those countries, including, by the way, Microsoft. Microsoft does biz- Microsoft is still doing business in Russia. They didn't join the uh, they didn't join the virtue signaling wave. So let's see. I want to get this list. Geneva. Despite considerable progress in legal protection for lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, 69 U.N. member states continue to criminalize consensual same-sex activity. The ILGA World, the International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans, and Intersex Association, said today. What are those countries? Let's see here. Uh, Algeria. Libya, Chad. Well, I'm not going there anytime soon. Not that I'm gay, or not that it matters, but Namibia, Zimbabwe. Uh, uh, oh, there's the music. Uh, all right, we'll put the list down, and I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, did you watch a Trump rally? He's... Uh, <laughs> Apparently, he was like 20 degrees. He got through it. Uh, I think it was the quickest Trump rally I've ever seen. Uh, Let me hear a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, Trump on Saturday night. Millions of illegal aliens rushing across our borders from all over the world. Criminals, gang members, drug traffickers, human smugglers, and people on terrorist watch lists are stampeding right into our country. The Biden administration has spent months and months obsessing over how to stop an invasion of a foreign country. I believe Americans deserve a president who will stop the invasion into our country. What do you think, huh? I liked it. What's not to like? Give me another one. And for all the talk about violent conflict in Eastern Europe, and it's a terrible thing, and we're going to help, and we're going to do whatever we can, because nobody can look at the bloodshed much longer, what's happening. It's a lack of respect for a lot of people, a lot of things, but it's just a total lack of respect. And it happens to be a man that is just driven, he's driven to put it together, and you look at it, and it's just so ridiculous and so senseless and so horrible. Totally, 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 totally. And everybody understands that we would not be in this situation if he were still in the White House. This stuff does have uh, big-time, big-time ramifications. It really does. You know, you think it doesn't matter. It totally matters. The course of world history changes um, depending upon who's in the White House. I mean, day to day, does it change your life? Not really. Although, <laughs> although when you take a step back, it actually does change your life. Okay, change my life. It t- totally changed my life. The Iraq War totally changed my life, and a lot of other people. If you don't know how it did, it did In some way. Everything was different for me. Anyway, Jimmy is on the uh, telephone in New York. Hi. Hello, Greg. Yes, Jimmy. Honor to talk to you, sir. Um, just uh, bringing up how just the concentration of this gentleman in the White House, that the Green New Deal, he's lost sight of everything, and it's kind of driven us into this war. It exacerbates the whole situation. And just it was a thought. I, I had heard it earlier, and it, says, it makes so much sense. 
that he's just focused with this, and it just leads into this whole dilemma and the fuel crisis, just the pipeline deal, the whole thing. It's just horrible, and uh, the man just he seems to be out of it. Yeah, so, yeah, I know what you mean. Where are you driving, man? I am driving across the Tampa Z to go help a friend uh, work on his house there, you know. That's a beautiful thing. Hey, is it still the Mario Cuomo uh, Bridge? Did you notice the sign? Uh, to me, it's a Tapanzi Bridge, my friend. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Thank you very much. The new Tapanzi Bridge, they got rid of the old one. Hey, by the way, what is up with that, by the way? That bridge lasted about 60 years. That's There are bridges that are hundreds of years old over there in Italy that they're still using. A bridge that lasts 60 years. How about the Brooklyn Bridge? The Brooklyn Bridge is how old? Uh, I used to know this exactly. 1883. I know that because in 1983, I went to the 100-year celebration of the Brooklyn Bridge. Man, they just don't make them like they used to. Isn't that wild? 80 years later, we build a bridge that can't last. What is wrong with us? By the way, we've plateaued in so many ways. I know they say, oh, technology is exploding. Technology, technology, technology. Not really. Not really. Now, I used to have to call the airline to get the girl who sat at the computer terminal. Now I can book it myself. So what? I used to have to go to the grocery store. Well, I still do. But now, if I want to, I can fresh direct it. I can order it online. It's like a, it's like a very advanced remote control. Can you believe we can't go to the moon? Can you believe that our planes, our airplanes, have not gotten any faster in the past 50 years? We broke the sound barrier in like 1946 or something like that. Our planes are getting slightly more fuel efficient. More gadgets. More gadgets in the seat. So what? I liked it in the old days where we all watched the movie together. What happened to that? We are all alone. Every single one of us. Well, we're not, as you know. We're not. And I got to remember that. You've got to remember that. He's got it all worked out. Uh, Mitch is calling from Jersey. Hi, Mitch. Hi, Mr. Kelly. Thank you for your service, and thank you for bringing the truth to the people on the on the news. Thank you. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks. Yes. Uh, I wanted to mention two things. Uh, the first one is Putin only understands strength. And what I suggest Biden should do is give Russia a time limit, either 48, 72 hours, to start pulling out, or we're going to go in and get them. Because I don't think his military is that strong, number one. Number two, I don't think he's going to push the nuke button because the dust is going to go flying down by, uh, by Russia. So I think we should stand up to him and tell him, because you're bombing hospitals and, and, and civilians, we're not going to tolerate it anymore. Mm. And I think we should just stand up to him at this point in time, because I think he's going to try to go further anyway. Well, Mitch, uh, I respectfully disagree, actually. I've been thinking about this uh, for a good chunk of the weekend. And uh, number one, here's the first thing. I know you look on Twitter, you look on social media, you look on the, and it looks like the Russians are doing extremely poor, poorly, like they're getting totally beaten. Well, they're not. They're actually making progress. Now, it may look on Twitter like Ukraine is winning, but that is um, that is a very simplistic view of things. 
There's a borderline operational pause that's going on, which happens from time to time. They've gotten close to the key cities. They do have the power, the firepower to level these cities. He is a crazy guy. He's not getting enough information. He could push the nuclear button. It is possible. The ultimatum, that's it. That's the opposite of what I'm actually thinking right now. You got to give this guy a face-saving way out. A face-saving way out. And by the way, if, if, if Biden gave him an, an ultimatum, you know, if Biden came into your office and said, you got to do this or else, I mean, would you would you listen to him? Do you think he could pull that off, Mitch? I think if Trump did it, but not with Biden. Remember. I think you're right, Greg. I think you're right. I think we already, it's too little too late at this point. You know, um, I don't think this would have been happening if Trump were still in. And this is something they wanted to do for a very, very, very long time. Now he's doing it. By the way, you made me think of... Uh, Something else. Oh, yeah. You know how I said this looks great on social media? Oh, yeah. They're they're just doing amazing work. The Ukrainians and kind of reminds me a little bit of Andrew Yang when he ran for mayor. If you looked on social media, that guy was killing it. That guy was killing it. millions of followers, social media. He was trending every moment of every day. But that's not that's not actually what wins boots on the ground win. And uh in our swampy little electoral system here in New York, um, what wins is, uh, well, you know, all kinds of underhanded stuff. That's why Eric Adams, that's why a mediocrity like Eric Adams became the mayor. You know what I mean, Mitch? Mitch, thanks for calling. Safe drive. I got time for another. Steve is in Long Island. Yes, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, I just, I, I've been listening to you. I heard you asking about the um, Navy SEAL Museum which actually I've been working on. It's in West Sable on Montauk Highway, right next to the uh, West Sable Golf Course. And it actually opens up. It's all brand new. And it opens up on the 28th of June. So come on out, and uh, you'll be very impressed. Uh, 28th of June, huh? All right. Inter- I, I, 28th of June. All right. I'll, I'll, I will check it out. Not necessarily on the 28th, but... I know we got some friends here uh, who keep in touch with that crew, and we'd love to see that. We, I love that it's happening. Hey, by the way, going back to that list, I told you where homosexuality is outlawed. I mean, totally against the law. Afghanistan. Algeria, and Afghanistan. <laughs> we built democracy there, but uh, democracy as long as you're not gay, right? No. Taliban. Well, the Taliban's in charge. Thanks, Joe Biden. Afghanistan, Algeria, Antigua. Bangladesh, Barbados, Bhutan, Brunei, Burundi, Cameroon, Chad, Comoros, Dominica, Egypt, Eritrea. I've been to Eritrea. Aswantini. Is that a country? Gambia, Ghana, Grenada, Grenada, Guinea, Guyana, Iran. Now, this can't be right. Jamaica? Uh, They probably just give you a traffic ticket for it. But some of these places, uh, it's the death penalty. Kenya, Kirbati, Kuwait, Lebanon, Liberia, Libya, Malawi, Malaysia, Maldives, Mauritania, Morocco, Myanmar, Namibia, Nigeria, Pakistan. Now, that's a key ally of ours. I know a lot of American firms do business in Pakistan. In fact, I stayed at a very beautiful hotel in Islamabad. It was a Marriott hotel. 
I wonder if Marriott has jumped on board with a don't say gay lies in Florida. Why don't you guys focus on where the real problem is? Papua New Guinea, Qatar, St. Lucia, Samoa, Saudi Arabia, Senegal, Sierra Leone, Singapore, Solomon Islands. Jeez, so, where can you be gay? <laughs> this list goes on forever. Sri Lanka, Sudan, Syria, Tanzania, Tonga, Tunisia, Turkmenistan, Uganda, Uzbekistan, Yemen, Zambia, Zimbabwe. I wonder if Disney, I wonder if Din, Disney does any of those. Uh, I, you know, I wonder, do you? All right. All right. Oh, just got a message from the boss. All's okay. Got to write the boss. Okay. Got to, took care of that. Mickey, what do you think? New Jersey. Greg, I just have a question for you. If Joe Biden today announced Iran will be sending a nuclear bomb to the United States tomorrow morning, what percentage of the people of the United States would believe him? Say that again. If Joe Biden today announced Iran will be sending a nuclear bomb to the United States tomorrow morning, what percentage of the people of the United States would believe him? Yeah, I'm, you're breaking up for some reason in my headphone. You got to say it one more time, and I forgive you. It's my headphone. Everyone's going to hear your question for the fifth time, probably. All right, say it again. I'm sorry, Mickey. No problem. If Joe Biden today announced Iran will be sending a nuclear bomb to hit the United States tomorrow morning, what percentage of the people of the United States would believe Joe Biden? Uh, that's quite well. well uh, why would he lie about that? Why do you? Well, well, that's a quite a that's quite a hypothetical you picked there, Mickey. What it is it is hypothetical, and I'm not saying that he would say it. My concern is how many what percentage of people of the country would actually believe him that it is true. Well, I I, uh, the fake news would believe him. I I, you know I, I look. He's a jerk. I don't like him, and he's a liar. I I can't imagine why he would lie about that. I mean, uh, something like that. And a lot of people would be asking questions two days later if there was no nuclear blast, I guess. I mean, uh, Mickey, that's a kind of outer space uh, scenario. What's your point about that? Well, I thought it would be a national security issue. Yeah. All right. Everything else good? Everything's good. All right. Thank you, Mickey, very, very much. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Ooh, Beto O'Rourke says, when no one's looking, when the fake news, when he thinks he's not there, he tells crowds what they want to hear. No, I don't believe in critical race theory. I, I don't think they should be talking about it in your schools. Cut 35, please. And I think you and I probably are both on the same page as well. Um, we, we don't uh, see CRT being taught in our schools right now. It is, it's a course that is taught in law school. No, I don't think it should be taught in, in our schools. Yeah. How about that? This is Mr. I want your guns. O'Rourke. And by the way, there it's such an out when they say CRT is not being taught in schools. There may, may not be a class called Critical Race Theory 101, but the results of critical race theory are being pushed down our throats. And critical race theory has become code for systemic 
racism, white privilege, all that stuff is being pushed, especially in public schools. Please, please stay the hell out of it. Vinny wants to say something about bridges. Vinny. Yeah, hi. Hi. Yeah, Vinny. Hi, Surprise. You You're on hi, the phone. Hi, hi. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm a retired construction worker, and we did extensive work on the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. Now, the, a bridge, you have to remember one thing about bridges. Now, a, a bridge is only as good as it's maintained, painted. We put new plate, and we improved the roadbed. They replaced the cables. All A bridge is in constant motion. It always has to be maintained. If the bridge is neglected, like the Tavern Z was, it, fa- it starts to fail. And when you get a lot uh, with the Tavern Z, you had a lot of scouring, which undermines the, uh, the piles that hold up the bridge. So it had to go because it was neglected over the years, you know. I get you, pal. I get you. Why the hell did they not do a paint job on the Tappenzee Bridge? Why did they let that thing rust? Because the Brooklyn Bridge is a suspension bridge, so it's basically hanging over the river. The Tappenzee had had piles in the in the uh, in the uh, water. They got scoured, and what happens is scouring is an event that it takes the material around the piles and it takes it down river, and it actually the piles become ineffectual um, holding up the uh, the structure. All right, all right, all right. Hey, one other thing I know about the Brooklyn Bridge: uh, it's not built on bedrock, is it? It's on sand, isn't it? Right? Sand. Yeah, that's right. And doesn't that mean the bridge could slip? Well, they pile. They they drive piles. And then they build what they build coffer dams in the in the water, and and they way down into the into the water. They uh. build co- concrete coffer dams. All right, all right. I, they, I can't follow, but this is it's a double. Thank you. It's all about the maintenance, and um, that Brooklyn Bridge is kind of overrated when you think about it. I remember seeing it for the first time. I'm like, this is the Brooklyn Bridge. What's so good about it? I I I don't. Uh, I don't. I I never. Vinny, you know what? Anyway, forget it, Vinny. Um. And one other thing about that, uh, oh, they tried to blow it up. They tried to blow it up. A guy came to New York to blow up the Brooklyn Bridge. And you know what made him scared? The presence of New York City police officers. That happened in about 2003, I believe. The Brooklyn Bridge bomber. And that guy, I certainly hope is in jail right now. Yes, uh, let me let me check on that. I shall return. Kelly Show. Yep, his name was Iman Ferris. Iman Ferris. And he wanted to blow up the Brooklyn Bridge. Let's see here. Uh, he was born in Pakistan. He came to the United States as a young man in 1994 on a student visa, never enrolled. In 1995, blah, 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 he married some girl. He returned to Pakistan uh, in 2000. His father had just died, blah, 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 blah. His ex-wife later said he had suffered from hearing imaginary voices Ferris admitted to having met Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan while in the region. Um, And he and uh, Osama were friends. Okay. In late 2001, while in Pakistan, Ferris went to a travel agency to have some expired airline tickets to Yemen reissued for several unknown colleagues. He claimed to be a preacher for. All right. Too much detail here. Let's get to the good stuff. Ah, in early 2002, Ferris was introduced to an operative identified only as C2. He learned of a plot allegedly involving the simultaneous destruction of the Brooklyn Bridge by cutting through cables with blowtorches and a second group that would derail a train in Washington, D.C. Ferris's investigations into obtaining the necessary tools for the dual operation involved asking a friend where he might purchase welding equipment and researching the structure of the bridge on the Internet. 
He concluded that the operation was unlikely and allegedly sent a message back to Pakistan calling off the plot. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, they, they're leaving some stuff out here. Uh, ah. He put the bridge under surveillance for a period of several days and analyzed its vulnerabilities. However, the presence of uniformed police officers scared him, and he sent a message to Pakistan saying, the weather is too hot. The weather is too hot. That's code for too many cops around. Where is Iman Ferris now? Uh, 2004. Where the hell is he now? He's living comfortably in Pakistan. No, that can't be. Did he get convicted or what? Um, oh, okay. September 25th, 2003, he he pleaded guilty at one point in June. Then he sought to withdraw the plea. Um, the appeal was rejected. On October 28, 2003, Ferris was sentenced to 20 years imprisonment <laughs> by um, Judge Leone Brinkman. Guess what? This guy's going to get out of jail next year. Let's send him back to Pakistan, please, or some other faraway place. Yeah, some of these some of these sentences are coming up. Who was the other guy? The American Taliban, Johnny Walker Lind. That guy might already be out of jail. Remember, he was found on the battlefield and he was, you know, he's a terrorist. He was working for the bad guys. He was working with whatever happened to him. He's 41 years old now. Has he been released? Yikes. All right, real quick, though. Um, Mike is calling from Long Island. Yes, sir. Craig, you, you broached very interesting topics. What what you said about transportation was very insightful. I remember when we were kids, you had the lunar programs, the space programs. Even in science fiction, you had 2001 Space Odyssey. The speculation was that the advances would be in transportation. We don't even have the Concorde anymore. We don't have the SST. The advances turned out to be in communications, cell phones, Internet, etc. But you broach great topics. Well, thank you. And I don't know if it frustrates you. It frustrates me that we are not further along with, uh, with transportation. We can't go to the moon. Now, it's exciting that we're going back. But we become such an inward-looking place, the, 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 the planet. And I know we can even land a spacecraft on an asteroid, but I don't like it. I want us. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Johnny Walker Lind was released two years ago. Longer, three, on 2019. Lind was released for good behavior, although he accepted several probation requirements due to his continued support of Islamist ideology. These requirements included a ban from Internet use and contact with fellow extremists. The probation lasts for the remaining three years of his life sentence. That's coming up soon. Um, oh, gosh, the guy was writing letters still supporting ISIS. W- won't he ever learn? Anyway, we got a heads up. These guys are coming. Be right back. Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Oh, no, breaking news, too. Russian military expanding target area across Ukraine. 
Uh, Russia closes in on capital of Kiev as Ukraine pushes back. Um, and uh, nothing funny about Kim Jong-un. All right. Who said there was something funny about Kim Jong-un? I think David Petraeus wrote an op-ed. David Petraeus, a uh, very smart guy, former four-star general, ran CENTCOM, uh, was critical in the invasion of Iraq. Everything was going swell. Um until he got to Afghanistan and got it on with, uh, well, the wrong woman. He, he There he is in a war zone fooling around with some uh, woman who was writing a book about him. And everybody else is, you know, sucking it up in combat. And it stinks over there. And he's having an affair. That kind of thing, too. So he had to quit the Central Intelligence Agency when that became news. And it did become news. and um, But I think he's got a future. David Petraeus, he's on Fox News speaking right now. And, uh, yeah, I don't think he should be canceled for a life. This is all before Me Too, by the way. This is way before all of that. Hey, by the way, has Me Too changed your life? Has it changed your office? Has it changed the way you do things? It may surprise you a little bit, but... Um, not everything about Me Too was bad. Yeah, not everything about Me Too was uh, was terrible. Because, um, let's face it, a lot of people did have to straighten up their act. There were comments being made. There was all kinds of stuff going on. I learned that lesson a long, long, long time ago. There was something called the tailhook scandal in the United States military in 1991. Now, I was not there. Thank God. Uh, I, I had just joined the military, but this was for pilots. It was a great big convention in Las Vegas, and they were drinking, hooting and hollering, and everything got out of hand. There, there was groping of some of the female pilots. Uh, there was all kinds of shenanigans. And after it, uh, the press got wind of it, and man, oh, man, oh, man, it was a huge story. The Secretary of the Navy had to resign. The Chief of Naval Operations, I think, had to resign. Lots of people were disciplined. Other people got fired. And from that moment on, it was all about how to treat people in the workplace, in the military, how to work with women, women and men, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And this is in the early 90s. I received state-of-the-art training for its time of uh, what flies and, and what doesn't. And a lot of it is common sense. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, if if you ask a girl out and she says no, don't ask her 20 more times, uh, you'd be surprised how many guys don't know that you don't do that. Uh, don't leave her weird notes at the office. Don't, don't you know, don't hassle anybody. Don't harass people. Um, when they had all these kind of Role play scenarios. And I remember one of them. It was uh, because back then everybody was decorating their their office spaces with, believe it or not, Playboy magazines. And obviously that had to stop. And then I remember there was this thing. Well, we are going to do it in our office because we asked the woman and she says she's not offended. Well, you did that in and of itself is kind of harassing behavior. Excuse me, do you have any problem with this image in this magazine of two women making out and having sex? That's really putting that woman on the spot, wouldn't you think? 
I wouldn't want to go into some uh, environment and they show me pictures of who knows what and say, uh, just want to find out if this offends you. If it does, we totally understand. But if it doesn't, we're going to decorate the office with it. That that doesn't work. Anyway, so I learned a lot of that stuff. Always knew how to behave, I think. And um, But a lot of fellas don't. And I heard this about Me Too. There were some exceptions, but basically the guilty went down. All right? Basically. Now, of course, there was an overreaction and everyone's gone nuts and everyone, you know, you pay somebody a compliment and you know who? (laughs) There are some women out there who are kind of scratching their heads now. Oh, I thought, you know, they get by on their looks, some of them. They do. And, you know, men can be very, very goofy around a beautiful woman. And ignore everybody else and just focus on the beautiful woman, no matter how good or how bad her work is. That happens a lot. I'd love it if there were more female supervisors out there, if you know what I mean. I don't know why I said it, if you know what I mean, but I would. How many female bosses have I had? One? Two? Maybe? Um, curiously, I got along better with the female bosses, generally. Uh... Yeah, generally, some plenty of exceptions to that as well. Got a pretty good boss now. And, um, oh, we got more from the Trump. Uh, you know, I would love, you know, when I talk to Trump, I'm going to have him on the show pretty soon. want to ask him about me too. I know how he feels, but I, hi, hi. Oh, breaking news? Oh, no, it's just the Trump clips. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and hear something else, okay? Uh, let's try cut uh, 70. And I've made a lot of good predictions and now saying Trump was right. I was right on the border. I was right on the pipeline. I was right on Germany. I said to Angela Merkel, I said, Angela, I'm sending you the white flag. She said, but why are you sending me the white flag? I said, it's called the flag of surrender because you're getting your energy from Russia and it's not good. Now, nobody knew it would happen this quickly, but who would have thought To think that I shut the pipeline down and they opened it up immediately, it's just unthinkable. It is unthinkable. And they always say that Trump was the one who was so nice to Putin. So he was tough on Putin, tough on Russia, publicly, publicly. How about this one? Cut 69. Again, this is the Trump rally on Saturday night that is essentially banned from social media. You can only hear it here on WABC with Greg Kelly. Cut 69. And we went 18 months, not one American soldier was killed. I told Abdul, the head of the Taliban, Abdul, don't do it. Don't even think about doing it. 18 months we went. I told it much tougher than that, but I don't want to drive people crazy. I don't want to drive the fake news crazy. But we said it in a strong tone, and we went 18 months. Think of it, 18 months, not one soldier killed. And... When you just thought it couldn't get worse, any worse than that, I think that was, frankly, the lowest point in the history of our country, in my opinion. Joe Biden failed to deter Russia's outrageous invasion of Ukraine. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them together, and they would not have done the damage Joe Biden has done in just 13 months. Absolutely. Damn, I just love hearing it. By the way, deterrence. Joe Biden said weirdly that. Uh, let's see here. I went to Nolson. So you're saying you're saying you want to. Give me one more if you don't mind. Cut sixty-eight. 
Have you ever seen anything like it? Millions and millions of people, many of them from jails from other countries, are being dumped into our country. He invited them in. He invited them in. He does nothing about it. He triggered massive inflation. There were more COVID deaths in 2021 than all of 2020. And hospitalization shattered every record, even while Biden imposed illegal mandates all over the place. He ordered the Department of Justice to spy on patriotic parents. He crippled American energy. He disgraced our nation with his humiliating surrender in Afghanistan. There's never been a lower point in the history of our country. All right, man, that clear, direct talk. Saying the quiet part out loud. The fake news knows all that, but they won't um, they won't talk about it. Give me another one, please. We have a president representing our country at the most important time in history who is physically and mentally challenged. <laughs> Who's going to argue with that? Not me. Cut 66. Remember that. With Ukraine, I sent the javelins that you see are so effective against the tanks. Biden didn't. And in fact, he ended our last order. Probably it'll get there because everyone realized it was the right thing to do. And Obama, remember Obama, Biden, they sent blankets. I sent javelins and they sent, well, you know what the javelins are? The anti-tank weapons. They knocked the hell out of those tanks. And Ukraine wouldn't be having a chance without him. That was all sent by me, all of it. We sent other military equipment, too. We didn't send our soldiers, but we sent them a lot of equipment. Good for you, Mr. President. Good for you, indeed. And finally, ooh, critical race theory. We were just talking about that nonsense. Cut 65. Getting critical race theory out of our schools is not just a matter of values. It's also a matter of national survival. We have no choice. The fate of any nation ultimately depends upon the willingness of its citizens to lay down, and they must do this, lay down their very lives to defend their country. If we allow the Marxists and communists and socialists to teach our children to hate America, there will be no one left to defend our flag or to protect our great country or its freedom. Um, Very beautiful. Very beautiful indeed. Clear cut, strong. What are we going to do without him? Because you know what? He's fired up a lot of conservatives. There would be, as much as I like Ron DeSantis, there would be no Ron DeSantis if it wasn't for uh, Trump. He's clearly copying Trump, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, a lot of people try to copy Obama for a while and just act snobby and and, and try to be erudite and just with their nose up in the air. Uh, That came very easily to a lot of people. Um, But anyway, we're... I really wanted to run in 2024. The thing that you have to worry about is the left's reaction to that. I tell people on the left, people who hate him, I say, it's not him that you really should be worried about. It's the left. It's your compadres, their reaction. They're over the top, totally divorced from reality reaction to Donald Trump. Just get over yourselves. It's, And you can watch it. The man followed the Constitution Yes, he was brash. Yes, the tweets. Yes, this. Yes, that. 
But even the most controversial policies, by the way, were within the rule of law, big time. The so-called Muslim ban, upheld by the Supreme Court, even had a liberal justice or two voting for it. It was very much in line with the Obama-era policy. So the left, if the left calls it, but that's the thing, and a lot of people on the right, intimidated by the left, intimidated by what they might do or what they threaten to do if Trump should come back, And that's why you've got some wobbly Republicans. Very wobbly. And by the way, well, it's it's probably not it's probably premature to mention, but I am hearing consistently that Mike Pompeo, former secretary of state under Trump, is going to run for president whether Trump does or not. Now, what is he thinking? If he's doing it, the only scenario where I could like tolerate it is if for some reason Trump thought he needed an adversary and he's doing it, you know, at Trump's behest. Otherwise, um, I don't worse than talk about a lack of gratitude, a lack of gratitude. Nobody would know about Pompeo if he wasn't made the secretary of state and the CIA director by Trump. He was a congressman from a nowhere state. Sure, he had, you know, went to this school, that school. He had a pretty impressive resume. But there are people in this office building. I can't stand it when media say, oh, he went to Harvard Law School. There are 17 people in this building who went to Harvard Law School. Take any law firm in the city. You'll find a Harvard Law School grad or two or three or 50. What's that law firm that everybody... Is always bragging about Wachtell Lipton. Ooh, Wachtell Lipton. Ooh. And you'll get an Ivy Leaguer to bill you $750 an hour at least. Usually, a lot of those, you got to watch out for those Ivy Leaguers. Some of them think they don't have to sweat anymore because they, well, because they went to Harvard. Um, and all that to say, Pompeo, don't do it. This is not your time. Wait, 2028. How many years is that from now? Get back to me. That's when you can do it. You can start running in 2027. It's a year earlier. Don't do this. You'll look like an ingrate. It's not your time, and you need to work on yourself, by the way. And I think also you need to put on some pounds. You lost too much weight, and I think he lost a little bit of mojo along the way. I'll be right back. WABC. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, Hi there. One second. Damn. You know what? Text messages are just as a pain in the you-know-what as emails. I hate emails. They were all work-related. It was fun to text. Now everyone's texting emails. Forget about it. I I don't even deal with them anymore. I don't have a work email address, and my personal email address now, like that merchants know it, whatever, you know, I never get a regular email, and if I do, I'm not going to see it. So now texting is, uh, that's 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 what takes up a lot of my time, and it's I don't like it. Gosh, we've become so. I hate the phone. I really do. Pamela, what do you think? She's in Jersey. Hi. Well, strange you should say that because I'm combining Women's Month, science, cell phones, uh, torpedoes, and um, et cetera. 
Uh, a good biography for you to read is Hedy Lamar. It also involves the Bible. If you remember, she was in Samson and Delilah. Did you ever see that movie from 19? 19- was she a, uh, an ice skater? Uh, no, you're thinking of Zonia, Sonia Henney. Mm. This is Hedy Lamar, beautiful woman. She appeared in Samson and Delilah. Very interesting life. She uh, lived in Austria, married a Nazi, a head Nazi. Fascinating life. All right. She also got the patent for radio frequency hopping, which helped with torpedoes during World War II. She wanted to help the United States. And she held the patent. She didn't get enough credit for it in her lifetime. It's sad. But um, very smart woman, very beautiful woman, very accomplished. And it was the predecessor. The uh, military kept it a secret for a while. And it was the predecessor to the invention of the cell phone. Huh. Hey, I'm looking at this. Guess what? She was married one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Did you know that? Is that in the biography? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Some of the uh, biographies are quite racy. Uh, she married. Uh, uh, let's put it, uh, losers. She had a. Uh, she was very bright, but she was very bad at picking husbands. Uh, and she had escaped from Austria. She had to run away, flee in the night from her Nazi, her first husband. Uh, he was very wealthy, and he was like the head Nazi in Austria. Fascinating life. Fascinating. All right. All right. So Hedy Lamar. We should all read about Hedy Lamar. Uh, why not? Why not? I'm always looking for a good book, although I don't have much time as I used to. She died in the year 2000 in uh, in Florida, and uh, seven times. You know, I always thought divorce back in those days was so scandalous. Why did all the movie stars get divorced every time you turn around? Pamela, thank you for that. Um, why? Hey, why do you know? Why? Why? Uh, uh, never mind. I mean, it's obvious. It's a pretty compelling story. It's a pretty compelling. She did all this stuff. Uh, who else is out there? And do you know what I mean? Nobody has time to read. Nobody. Maybe if you're retired, you do. And you got to make time for it. You also got to make time for sleep. My life has improved so much now that I sleep more. I don't wake up to an alarm clock. Kind of screwed me over today with the time change. And that's uh, that's a hassle. Does anybody know where Joe Biden went this weekend? Did he go to that? Uh, did he did he take the weekend off again? That really is starting to bother me. Uh, Andrew in New Jersey. Yes, sir. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the uh, Me Too, the Playboy, but also I had to compliment you because you motivated me at my new job. But first, having the Playboy in your, uh, you know, hung on your wall, that's like a 12-year-old with a tree fort. My friend, he shared an apartment, and his roommate had a nude photo, and he brought a date over, and she was like, What's up with that? That's like what a what twelve year olds. <laughs> so if if a grown man is doing that, it just seems ridiculous. Well, I'm like, talking about back in the '90s. It was done more than you think, and it was kind of yeah. You don't want to do that when there are uh, you know mixed company or whatever. Anyway, what else, Andrew? Yeah, I started this job with a local Fox affiliate, and my experience was mostly like um, not a MMJ, not a reporter, but more like I would shoot video like nat sound packages so at the new job they want me to do the whole thing the reporting and writing and i was like listening to how the other reporters type so much faster than me <laughs> and i never really had to write i just sometimes took time code you know no but i just thought okay like instead of being discouraged i'll just do your method where i get better every day and i had to use new apps like i news and fill out all these 
Forbes. Hey, what channel are you working for? It's uh, Channel 56 in uh, out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Huh. Yeah, a little bit more every day. Just uh, just do it, man, and get there early. You know, Mike Bloomberg, for all of his weirdness, he did become a mega billionaire. And one of his keys to his success, he got there before anybody else. And I don't know, there were certain call sheets or whatever, and he would get them before anybody else did. And he would just start working earlier. What the hell else are you going to do? You know, watch the Today Show? That's a waste of time. Get to work. Pump it out. I'm, uh, I'm happy for you, pal. I got to take a break. So a couple of real quick basics I learned about the Iraq, I'm sorry, the Ukraine situation. Big picture stuff. Big picture stuff. War is usually a miscalculation. It's based upon assumptions that don't pan out, things that you believe to be true or want to be true. This is from a guy named Klotkin. Been studying the Russians for a long time, but I think this applies to just about everything. Lots of things in life, too. You go to war with somebody, uh, a lot of times you, you overreact or misreact. Hell, think of our assumptions, by the way, back to war in Iraq. Got everything wrong. It's based on assumptions that don't pan out, weapons of mass destruction. Things that you believe to be true or want to be true. Yep. Some of the assumptions that Vladimir Putin had in his brain. He assumed the Ukrainians were weak and that they couldn't and wouldn't fight. Wrong. He assumed that Zelensky was weak, incompetent. Well, half right. Half right. I'm sorry. I know Zelensky has been a mega superstar in all of this. Everywhere everywhere at once, you know, running around with that flak jacket on or the T-shirt. He looks like a warrior. He is a warrior, rallying the troops, rallying the country. It's amazing. But little in his uh, past suggested he would be the man for this moment. And is not so distant past as well. I mean, he's a hero now, but not too long ago. How many people approved of his uh, performance? 25% of the Ukrainians said he was doing a good to uh, okay job. Now his approval rating is at like 90%. A couple of other things that I, 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 it just finally sunk in. You know, I assumed that Putin was the genius that the mainstream media told me he was all these years. Time magazine, man of the year. He's, uh, he's this, he's that. He was, it was always Putin the genius. Not so much. And one of the big problems that these authoritarian uh, dictator jerks have, they surround themselves by very weak people. Why do they do that? Well, they don't want to be challenged. I mean, they don't want to be challenged. They don't want anybody taking the power away from them. So you want ordinary people who will never pose a threat. So they're not going to take your job. They're not going to knock you out, but they're not going to give you great information. They don't know what's going on themselves. I guess this is epitomized by the defense minister who spent most of his life, no kidding, in construction. Isn't that amazing? In construction. I mean, uh, nothing wrong with construction, but now he's walking around with a general's uniform on like he knows what he's doing. And apparently he doesn't. And the other thing you got to do is give Putin a way out of this mess. If he doesn't think there's a way out, 
he may just destroy Ukraine so nobody can have it. This has been a failure. Fine. I'll ruin the country. He can do that. Do not believe the hype. All right. I mean, look, we want Ukraine to win. So the media is seeing everything through that prism that Ukraine is winning this thing. Not. No, that's I would love that to be the case. But no, we're not there yet. They are moving in on those cities. Yes, I know about the convoy. Yes, I know about the issues. Uh, their military is screwed up, and they're also the Russian military. They're it's easier to defend than to attack. They say that's kind of a truism. But you want to give this guy a way out. You got to give him what Sun Tzu says is a golden bridge, a golden bridge of retreat. Otherwise, if there is no way out, they will fight. They'll just keep fighting, fighting to the death. I don't like the New Yorker, but they had some good stuff in this thing. Very good stuff. And um, in the meantime, businesses, I think it is the right thing to do. Leave Russia if you're doing business. And that goes, I think, for Microsoft. Microsoft is still operating in in Ukraine. And isn't that wild? All these companies who are flipping out about a piece of legislation in Florida that they don't understand and they're going crazy, bad-mouthing uh, DeSantis. All we, all that bill says is you should not be exposing children to sexual conversations that are not age-appropriate. And if a kid has a major problem and tells a teacher, well, we think that the parents should know about it. We don't want indoctrination and grooming happening. And that has been known to happen. Hey, look how many... Look how many teachers have been hooking up with students. Every day in the New York Post, there's some story about some teacher in Wichita, Kansas, who invited half the football team over to the house. I'm sorry, but it's true. Every single day. This was not happening when I was in school. And why wasn't it happening? (coughs) Well, the telephone. I mean, the cell telephone. I remember there there was a special book that had the home numbers of teachers. And um, it was an object of fascination for us. But like now, now, now students, you know, it's one step away from, uh, you know, texting and, and, and all that stuff. And then you send the, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call that stuff? The, what's the videos that disappear right away? They don't, you don't talk about them as much anymore. Flash dance, flashbang. Uh, what's the video that, Snapchat, Snapchat. That's, and then they're off and running. These would not be happening. These relationships would not be happening were it not for cell phone technology. That's the truth. Ken in New Jersey wants to say something about what? Yeah, I wanted to say something about uh, sex education. Um, Hello? Yes. Oh. What do you want to know, Ken? What can I tell you? (laughs) I think uh, in regards to sex education in the schools, I don't think the schools should go directly to the kids. I think the sex education should be for the parents to train them on how to talk to their kids about sex. That's who should get the sex education. Wait, say who the hell needs training? The parents need training? The parents should be trained on how to talk to their, to their kids about sex. Well, who's going to do that training? parents really know who's going to do that training well in, in the schools 
the school should should hold classes for the parents. Oh, come on, man. You know what? They got enough problems. They're going to be a clinic on sex education for parents. I, uh, what do the teachers know about how to talk to kids? Who knows the right way to do that? I mean, right? Isn't there a lot? Of, there's a million different ways you can skin that cat. You know, when you start, when the, the schools start going to the kids about sex, that really turns off the parents, and that causes a lot of problems. Well, I know that, but you're saying the parents should go to the school to learn about sex, talk with the kids. I, uh, I I'm going to take care of that one myself. I don't. I, I just it, your idea is impractical, and I think it's it's uh, you know unnecessary. I, I mean, what, you do you have kids? Yeah. Didn't you figure it out? Did you need somebody to tell you how to talk to your kids about that? Yeah, well, I mean, I actually I consulted with, uh, uh, you know, a couple of uh, doctors that I knew before I uh, went to my kids because I wanted to to be sure I was correct. And, uh, you know, and then I did it. But, uh, you know, they asked me a lot of questions that I really didn't know. And uh, how to go. And, Your kids stumped you out. on the questions about sex? Yeah, they, they, they asked things that I really didn't know, technical questions and biological questions. All right. All right. Well, listen, you got through it. You talked to some people voluntarily. I don't think we should set up a special program for parents. I'm sure one exists online. You know, what to say to your kids about sex. There are probably a million books about that. And if you want to read it, fine. But I don't. I don't know. When you start talking about a program like that, it starts to take on mandatory, uh, the flavor of something being mandatory, which I don't want. You know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah. All right. Voluntary. Voluntary. All right, Ken. Thank you very much. Um, uh, when should you have that? Oh, I meant to ask him. When should you have that conversation? When should I? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I got two daughters too. I want the. Oh gosh. We want them. Mm, damn, that's that's quite a that, that is a bit of a pickle, isn't it? When do you start talking to them about it? Uh, look, damn it, they're probably going to get a cell phone next week. I don't want them to have those things. Um, do you? Very, very. Mm, no, it's, it's a Pandora's box. Everything is in that bloody device. Hey, what is going on with children sending each other pictures of themselves to other kids? And sometimes the teacher. You realize how hard that would be not too long ago before the cell phone, what you'd have to do, take a picture, go have it developed, then take that picture, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, put it in an address, mail it to somebody, and then they open it. <laughs> I just And now it's happening at light speed. Light speed. And unfortunately, every I'm told everybody's doing it. That would be really bad. Don in Staten Island, yes. Hey, Greg, it's a pleasure to talk to you. You're one of the funniest guys I know <laughs> on TV or radio. But uh, listen, I want you to tell your guys to keep my phone number because there's a very important issue I need to go over with you. It's too long to do it on the radio. Uh, you're just going to have to give me the nuts and bolts of it right now in 30 seconds. What's the deal? Go for it. Okay. What's the headline? What's the headline? Just say it. Both is that, you know, in order for us to change things, more people have to get the truth. So this is a very good idea on how to get the truth to more people. And what is it? 
It's being blunt. What's that? What's the well? What's the idea to get the truth to more people? Told you it's going to take too long to. Well, do I, I don't know if I'm going to have the time. You got to tell me right now. How do you do it? Okay, so listen. Uh, what I really wanted to say is why why do so many people like me need to be as frustrated as right. I am? I, dude, you're getting away from it. I want you to tell me the idea about how to get to the truth. Just go for it. What is it? What is the idea? Go. Uh, listen, uh, I know I'm probably older than you, but you're probably old enough to remember the Jerry Lewis telethon. Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. So why don't people like you, like Joe Piscopo, like Hannity, like Tucker? What do we? Like, what do you want us to do? Like all the guys, get together, get your power, put your power together, and get something produced on TV that they can't block, that they can't allow the, the all these people that have been blocked out of the truth. Yeah. They can't they can't stop it from being heard. Well, all right, so that's your idea. That's the big idea. That's my big idea. All yeah. right, Don, I appreciate the support. I appreciate it. Look, we're on TV every single night saying stuff. And sometimes, look, there's only one little thing that I can't really, you know, look, the powers that be, you know, cable companies, they get really freaked out when you start talking about stolen elections. So I don't say stolen elections for a couple of reasons. Number one, I have my suspicions about the election. I've got questions about the election. I want investigations into the election. But I personally cannot prove it was stolen. That's my hunch, but I can't prove it. I need others to uh, to go there. And uh, look, those guys you just mentioned, I mean, we're pushing the envelope every single night. We're telling the truth. I mean, um, I don't know what, what that would be. a You know, I don't know. We all get together and hang out in the club. It doesn't really work that way. I, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, I don't think that's uh, I don't know. But we'll see the future. Who knows? Don, I thank you for the vote of confidence. Let me look into it. Dave, one more is known. Uh, Elizabeth is in Connecticut. Yes. Hey, so I just read that Elon Musk's mom, I think, and the Democrats want uh, Elon to disable all of the Teslas in Russia. And so there's been many requests for that to happen. I don't agree with it. I don't think Elon Musk agrees with that. This guy is so brilliant, by the way. Uh, he put up a meme this morning that I retweeted at Greg Kelly USA, and it has one of those like kind of cartoon characters wearing, you know, uh, gay pride, transgender pride, uh, uh, this pride, that pride, and he's holding a Ukraine flag, <laughs> and it says the logo is "I support the current thing, whatever's hot right now." You know, it's making fun of that whole movement. Oh, by the way, William Hurt died. William Hurt, the actor, he was terrific um, in broadcast news. One of my favorite movies, very accurate, very well done with William William Hurt, Holly Hunter, and Albert Brooks. I think Albert Brooks wrote it. Uh, devastating account uh, portrayal of TV news uh, and, and so well done. A little bit of that. William Hurt, dead at the age of 71. Uh, that seems so young now, doesn't it? Go ahead. Reports tonight. Wait, what? Your coat jacket is rising up and back. Okay. When you sit, sit on your coat jacket a little. That'll give you a good line. Reports tonight. The monitor. All right, stop it for a second. What he's doing there, the Albert Brooks character is just a reporter 
William Hurt is the anchor, and he's giving Albert Brooks pointers on how to be an anchor. And he's really helping him, by the way. These are good tips. Can you can you continue with it? Go ahead. Reports tonight. Like a monitor. Oh, all right. We've got to take it from the top. So he's dead at 71. I met the guy a couple of years ago in 27, 2015. One thing I heard, well, you probably heard by now that he was, well, I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about the good stuff. Very talented. Had a couple of kids. Did not like being a star too much. I'm sure he liked the money that went with it. Uh, quiet man. And I asked him about broadcast news when I met him. I said, was that movie based on Peter Jennings? Because I had the sense that it was. The character, his character had a lot in common with Peter Jennings. Um, neither went to college. And let's see, his character, William Hurt's character, went to London before getting the big job himself. He was the London correspondent. And then he got, became the anchor just like Peter Jennings, and he even looked a little bit like Peter Jennings. So I thought it was Peter Jennings. So I asked him, was it Peter Jennings? And he says, well, not really. You know, it's funny. He said one time he was on a plane, and Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, and Dan Rather all, like, cornered him and said, who was that about? And I think he said it was a bit of a combination. The other thing in that, the thing that I really remember that movie is William Hurt was really trying to help this guy. And how infrequently that happens in life. He had no agenda other than helping him. And he was passionate about the work. He was passionate about what he was telling him. And that kind of generosity, unfortunately, is is rare. Not only generosity, but expertise. He was giving, sharing something of value. And what's his name? Albert Brooks didn't even thank him. Let me hear the rest of that, if you don't mind far down on the Arabian Peninsula indicate that heavy fighting continues for a second. What are you doing? Don't touch me. Sit on it. No, but just don't handle me. Sit on it. I'm sitting on it. Now look. Don't fit. Fantastic tip. (laughs) It was a good tip, you ingrateful schmuck. Albert Brooks. Brilliant guy, by the way, in real life, but an annoying little D-I-T-C-H in that movie. Anyway, sorry to report. William Hurt, dead at the age of 71. Too soon. Be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. I have people on Twitter call me the most horrendous things. Really vile, nasty stuff. Every now and then I see it. And quite frankly, I am flattered. You are. I am told. Hey, hi. Uh, this is uh, Jacqueline Carl, the newsreader. I'm sorry. The, <gasps> I'm sorry. The uh, Ameri- you think you have problems with the Twitter people? <laughs> what is a news what, anchor? What is an appropriate news anchor? Thank you. What's uh, what's going on out there? What's big right now? Well, you were just talking about William Hurt. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I'm over it already. I all mean, right. I'm okay. So then I will I'm tell sorry. you, all the McDonald's have closed in Russia. Mm. They were the first fast food restaurant to go into Russia when the Berlin Wall came down. Wow. 850 now are temporarily closed. That is so brave of McDonald's. So brave. I sense some sarcasm. I just, I mean... They're uh, going to keep paying their employees. Oh, God, they're so good. You know, the the head of McDonald's almost got fired for uh, not being woke enough. Did you hear about that? No. He was not woke enough. 
So a couple of kids were shot in a McDonald's, and he, in a private text message to the mayor, said, you know, you can't talk about this in public, but a lot of blame should really goes to the parents. And, and, and the mayor's like, yes, I agree. Oh, yes, you're right. And all hell breaks loose because of what he said. Isn't that wild? It is wild. I mean, you just can't say, you can't try to keep things from the public. It doesn't work. What do you mean you can't try to keep things from the public? Well, things like that. What, a text message? What do you a mean? Text? That, that, that someone was shot in, in a McDonald's? No, everybody knew about that. They didn't know what he thought about it. That oh. if the parents did more, you know, that there would not be two dead kids. And apparently that's too hot to handle. And the mayor turned him in and uh, the guy has been kind of just struggling to keep his job ever since. Do me a favor. Stay right there. Tom, you're standing by. You are the last caller of the day, everybody. I apologize. Tom, what's going on? Uh, hey, Greg. Paternal. Um, um, uh, I was in Iraq with, like you, in, in 2005 and 2006. And? And, and many of many the left, I shouldn't say left or anything like Many people have tried to form a narrative that there was no weapons of mass destruction in, in our act. Yeah, that's, and, that, that, that is correct. There were no nuclear, biological, or chemical weapons of uh, the type that we were looking for. You know, it was, was some crap left over from the Iran-Iraq war? Yes. But short of that, Tom, um, no, we did not find what we thought was there. Okay? They did. They did. Actually. No, no. Did. I mean, Tom. I mean, we. Can go, I've heard all the. I've seen all the. They did not, and um, the war was a great big zero, uh, total waste of time, and put us all at greater risk. And no weapons of mass. Do me a favor. Tell George W. Bush that because he still goes around talking about how the war was worth it, even though we found no WMD. Tom, I appreciate it, but uh, that's a longer conversation. And I will beat you in it uh, every step of the way. Uh, but I appreciate it. We'll find something else to agree on later. In the meantime, Jacqueline, Carl, um, yes. what's next on your agenda here? You mean in the news? Yeah. I mean, what do you got to do now? You got to read the headlines. I, I have this pesky job where they made me do the news <laughs> at the top of the hour. What about the traffic? Now, one thing I do think we should do is get rid of the traffic because everybody uses Waze or GPS now and it tells you where the traffic is. So don't you think we should get rid of the traffic? It would lighten your load a little bit. Well, you know, that's not my call, but I would probably just do it during morning and afternoon drive time. Maybe we could put that in an email to the boss. They're always you loves. You can do that if you like. Love suggestions. Leave me out of this. Leave you out of it, right? <laughs> You're not the kind to say, hey, boss, I've been thinking about this. I would if it were something that I thought would, you know, really help things along but i'm not going to go in and say i need less work to do oh oh, good (laughs) hey there you go right there i understand so look if it if it makes your life uh more tenuous i am not going to suggest that all right i'm done suggesting thank you and thank you everybody i'll see you on the newsmax show tonight at seven all ukraine all the time Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.